Hi, folks. Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. My name is Josh Turner. I'm your host. People call me Wolf. My co-host is Tony. He calls himself Mushu. And we are back for part two of the Japanese uh, demons, ghosts, whatever you want to call them. Folks, uh, remember to follow us. We have a Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook. We have Paranormal Encounters, which is Tony's group. We have Paranormal Lounge, which is Nelly's group. And uh, the, like I said, the main group is Paranormal Roundtable. And remember, uh, be sure to follow us on those groups. And also, we are on several different platforms, as everyone knows, at YouTube, uh, Spotify, the, the different platforms that we're on. Whatever you choose to listen to, it helps us if you go to YouTube and actually hit like on the videos if you like it. And uh, be sure and subscribe. That helps us too. And uh, leave some comments uh, either in the group. We'll have a link to the show. And if you go to, into, if you go to the Facebook group, we always do a giveaway uh, every week. It's pretty much every week. We'll give away a free, free autographed book from different authors that, that we've interviewed and talked to and we're friends with. And we will be giving those away weekly. Like I said, just go to the link that is on the Facebook group of Paranormal Roundtable and uh, leave a comment. And you may be chosen uh, as the winner. We've had many different winners so far, and it could be you this week. So go and do that. It's a very simple thing, and you can uh, be entered into the contest. And we have an impartial judge that will pick out a random person and with the comment. Um and they'll, you know, we'll send you your prize. Also, I wanted to tell you prtpodcast.com, prtpodcast.com. That is our website. You can go back and listen to archived shows. Um, you can submit artwork there. We're going to be doing an artwork contest pretty soon. We just haven't figured out exactly how we're going to do it. And we're going to call it the Willie, Willie Williams uh, uh, Art Contest. And we're going to be giving away a prize, a good prize. Uh, a couple prizes, actually. Uh, Willie Williams is my my friend, the late Willie Williams. He was a very good, uh, very good artist, and he was a very good friend of mine, very dear friend of mine. And so, he, in honor of him, we're going to be doing uh, this uh, art contest. He actually did some drawings of of different cryptids and things when he was alive, and some of the things that that we had experienced when we were living in that that weird house. Um, unfortunately some of his, most of his art that is, was lost to time. We don't know exactly where it was at. His family can't find all of it. Um, but, uh, that's unfortunate, but he actually was a very good artist and he did do some, some pictures over the years that were pretty amazing. And, um, so in honor of him, we're going to be doing an art contest that's coming up pretty soon, but we got a lot of things in the fire. We're working on toward a hundredth episode. We're also getting ideas for the Halloween show. So if you have any ideas on how to, what you would like to hear or see or do whatever for the Halloween show, let me know because we haven't a hundred percent decided on how we're going to, how we're going to do that. And that is going to be at the end of the month. And so the other thing we're going to talk about, um, is we, we totally hundred percent love, our listeners, we love you, and we want to try to keep um, the ads and everything down as much as possible. So we're working toward that, trying to remember to do that every week, to try to so you guys can have a more of a flow, you know, a better listening experience. So that's something that we've taken into consideration, trying to keep that down and trying to be cognizant of that. Uh, and the other thing we wanted to tell you is that uh, not only do we appreciate you listening. But uh, if you have any stories, you know, or any, if you know anybody who has stories, just continue to send those. And I know we're kind of backed up, 
but uh, just keep keep sending them because I can always just go through them and I just have fresh material to just keep, you know, coming up, coming up, coming up. And uh, so that is Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That is the email address we're using. You can still use the old email address, DosWolfman88 at gmail.com. Uh, and if you send it to that one, it'll be transferred to the new one. So if you, st- if you have the old one, that's fine too. But we are making the transition to the new email address. And, uh, yeah, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. So moving on, um, here, here's an interesting story. Now, this one was given to me, like like I told you, there was a, a lady that, that I got to know, whatever, and she gave me a really cool story. And so th- this one this one was, was, was pretty crazy. Now, what happened was her mother married a guy when she was a, was a kid, and basically he adopted her. And that guy kind of became her dad, like, you know. She knew he wasn't her real dad. It was never one of those things where she had grew up th- thinking it was her real dad. But when she was real young, he adopted him, and she w- he was very kind to her and her brother. And so her mom ended up getting sick and had always been kind of feeble, whatever, and she died. And she passed. And this guy, you know, he was only about 61, I think she said. Let me see. He was 61. And he... Took 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 them to raise, you know. So so they looked after him as he got older. He started to have a few problems, you know, health wise. And she just it was basically, you know, he raised them from when they were kids, and he was a very kind man. So she started looking after him, but she worked a lot, and so did her her husband, and so did her brother, and and so they didn't really have anybody that was responsible enough to look after him as as he got older. So. Around the time he was 61, he got sick and started having some problems. And they hired this woman uh, who answered this ad to be his nurse. Well, th- th- it worked out really well at first for a couple months. It was real, real good. Everything that the, the, the dad recovered. He was just, I mean, he was great health. Started going to the gym, working out, great health type thing. And she was just like, wow. You know, he was doing really bad. He couldn't move around. He was having all kinds of problems. And then this nurse gave him all this holistic medicine and bam, he's doing better, you know? Well, she became suspicious of that because the, whoever this, this nurse was didn't quite check out. She found out that this woman had no credentials, had been actually fired by the company and that she was, but she had started to go in and help the dad on her own and the next thing you know, her dad decides, uh, I like her and I'm going to marry her after like two, two and a half months. Okay. So they're like, what? Like, okay, hold on a minute. You know, this is moving way too fast. Something's not right here. And so he told them, no, I like her. I want to be with her. I want to marry her. And he did. He was, you know, it was, he was stubborn and, and he decided he was going to marry her. She was about half his age. She looked like she was 30, okay? The, she claimed that she was, like, in her late 30s, but they, they said that she looked like maybe 30, you know, at the most. I mean, no way she could have been a day over 30. And the story that I got was was an intriguing one. She began to uh, take his money. She wasn't spending money, like, on extravagant things. There weren't, like, a lot of nice things. There weren't, like, whatever, but... She began to take chunks of money out of his account. It was starting to be noticeable. Like, you know, she was using money for something and it was all always taking money out of the ATM, like cash, let's put it that way. Like always 
taking cash, taking cash. There were no receipts or any kind of paper trail to follow. Everything seemed on the up and up other than that, you know, just the groceries and things like that. They did hire someone to look into this woman. They could not come up with anything. Her, the name that she had given them was fake. They confronted her about that. Every time they tried to talk to her, the dad would intervene. He would step in and be like, no, 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 I, you know, leave her alone. I don't want you messing with her. She's a good lady, blah, blah, blah. And so this went on for about two years. And they finally just gave up. They said, you know, just whatever. You know, if he wants to to let her take chunks of money from him and, you know, and and not have an explanation for it, you know. But the, the thing that struck me was that he that she wasn't like draining his bank account quickly. It was just like chunks here and there. And so they thought that there was something not right about her. She was too pretty, you know, uh, too good to be true. She treated him very well. But. After about two years, he started to fall ill again, and he started to claim that he was waking up at night and his wife would be gone in the middle of the night. So, and he was starting to get sick and she wasn't really taking care of him. She was neglecting him. So the daughter was like, okay, now, you know, okay, now we, you know, this is what's going on. She's cheating on him. Okay. She's squirreling away money. She's cheating on him with another guy, probably a guy her own age, you know, uh, probably uh, is letting his health deteriorate because she doesn't care about him or whatever. And he finally went to his kids and he said, look, I think something's really wrong. My, my wife is leaving every night in the middle of the night. He goes, she's she'd been doing that for a while. He goes, but then I talked to her about it. And so she stopped and now she's doing it again. And they're like, oh, my gosh. So he he told them that she uh, was very nice to him, very kind to him, and always had excuses, you know, like, oh, I went to the store late. I had to do this. I had to do that. You know, I heard a noise. I was outside. I was in the garden, just whatever. And so they they had this going on for a while, and they confronted her about it. And she told them that she would go for walks at night because she wasn't feeling good and all this other crap. And so they didn't believe it. So they hired a, a, basically a private investigator, somebody to look into to what she was doing. So this guy, he posted up across the street from from the house in the backyard, and because uh, he par- posted up in the in the front and nothing, he saw nothing for like a week. So he went to the back, started posting up back there, and uh, and one night she comes out of the back and in, in, from the backyard out the back door, and she disrobes, okay. And she walks toward the edge of the of the uh, yard. You know, he could see over. He could see, you know, what was going on. He could see her clearly, you know. And he had like a, I guess, a camera or something positioned, you know. And uh, he could see her. You know, he was remote monitoring her, or whatever. And he said that she goes behind some bushes, and the bushes kind of shake, and then out pops on the other side a fox, and it goes underneath the fence and disappears. So he watched this happen and he thought, what am I seeing? So he rewound the video and he watched it again. I don't have the video because this was given to me and this is something that happened years ago. The story was told to me, you know, and she was like, I don't, she's, she's from Japan. She doesn't have the video and it's in Japan. But anyways, she said that, that he, he videoed it and, and it doesn't actually show a person shape-shifting. Um, it doesn't show a person like uh, morphing into a fox or anything because this woman goes and she goes into some brush and then they see this fox go out from underneath and he was in shock. So he went to the backyard and he found the robe, you know, there or whatever. 
So he went back out. And um, sure enough, he sees this fox crawl back from underneath the fence and then go up to the bush. And then this woman stands up, puts on her her uh, robe and goes back into the house at almost, you know, daybreak. And he said that this happened, the first time it happened, he was in shock, but he said it happened again. And he said this time he went and he took the robe and he he took it. And he was like, you're not going to, you know, you're going to have to go, go back in nude or whatever. So he said that uh, about two or three in the morning, this was about 1 a.m. He said about two or three in the morning, or two, I'm sorry, two or three hours later, he said that he sees this fox walk right up to his vehicle and look up at him with the most evil eyes. He said it was yellowish evil eyes and that it was making this weird hissing noise. And he said he looked at it and he said that it, it, it literally told him, give me back my robe. Like didn't speak the words, but he could feel it in his head. And he thought, he was said he was a very grounded person, did not believe in anything. He was just like, this, is, this, is, this isn't real. Okay, there's something wrong here. And he thought, is this creature literally telling me to give it this object? And he said that it literally crawled up underneath his car and he felt this car move, like kind of jump, boom, boom, you know? And it scared the heck out of him. So he threw the robe out of the car and started the engine. And he said that he saw this blur, like just head toward that backyard fence. And then he said he looked on the camera and he all he saw was like the woman going into the house. It was like static and then the woman going into the house. Like there was no video of what happened. And so like after that, he got really scared. And he said that he was sitting in a restaurant and a, uh, a noodle house or whatever, and he was eating. And this woman comes and sits down next to him and tells him, she's like, you're going to leave me alone. And she's like, you know, as well as I do what you're dealing with. And so if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to kill you and told him that point blank. And so he quit. He gave the, the people he had already given them the information, whatever. And he says, I quit. This woman told me. So when they went back and talked to her, she was like, oh, that's ridiculous. You're going to believe this crazy guy and his crazy stories and his lies. Where's his proof? You know, where's the video? And so they confronted her with the video of what they had, which was just a little bit, you know, and they said, is this you? And she's like, she's like, yeah, I went and I, I felt sick and she made another ridiculous story. I laid down behind some bushes and they're like, they're like, well, what is this? Why is there a fox coming out the other side? And this, she's like, I don't know. It must've been laying there. I didn't see, it. you know, just making up excuses, just a lot of excuses. And so they, they told her, look, we know what you are. We know what this is. Okay you need to leave our dad alone or we're going to, we're going to do something, you know, we're going to, to, to do something. And she basically told him, no, he loves me, you know, this and that. So they had to take him to the temple and he had to like do all this, you know, prayer and all this stuff. And they had to like kind of break in att the attachment that this woman or whatever it was, this entity had on him. And they were told that it was a kitsune. And that which which is like a shapeshifter, a female shapeshifter that shapeshifts into a fox, and that it had like basically got its hooks into into him. That's a true story, supposedly that that happened, and that was told to me. Uh, yeah, so that that's a crazy story, and I know I've told you part of that story before. But what do you think of that one? I mean, mm, I mean that's, that's funny the coincidences. Yeah, I mentioned earlier about snow foxes, basically the same thing. I think, mm -hmm. I think this one is, you know, foxes in general in Japan are very, uh, 
mischievous. You know, if they are yokai, they're usually very dangerous. I think this one is pretty scary in the fact that, like, you know, she just boarded in and didn't even care. Mm -hmm. And she was just so confident in her ability that she knew that she was going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, you know, even from the very beginning, when they were all pressuring her, she was unfazed. I, like, I, I can guarantee, if I had to imagine it, I can guarantee you she was like unfazed by it because she knows, like, I already have my hooks in this guy. I don't have to worry about you. Eventually, you will give up. You know, and I, I think that uh, another thing about yokai is like they live for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, just waiting and trying to outpatient something that lives, you know, way longer than you do is impossible. The question I had, though, I asked her point blank i was like do you think that it was a demon and she's like demon is is different than yeah it's different yeah Mm -hmm. but she said uh something that was like a shapeshifter yeah definitely a shapeshifter but not necessarily like a demon you know but you know i I don't know what that could have been well yeah because i think like you know i don't know what her intent was and i can you know i can't really say uh, what those creatures' intents were, or if they meant harm, but for the most part, it seemed like what she was doing was just being, you know, using him as a shelter or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, she just took advantage of the fact that he was sick to worm into his heart. Yep. And uh, so there's another there's another story I got, <clears throat> and this one there, there's a a a, a, a creature called a it's called a yama uba it's a, it's considered like a mountain witch or like a, a demonic whatever but i was told that this that this creature can can be any sort of woman it can be any it can this is a real short one though but i mean it it could be any kind of uh it can shapeshift into it's like it's like a witch that practices with the uh, with magic and it comes from the mountains, but she can shapeshift into like different, like like an like she can appear as a beautiful woman and be like an ogress. And a friend of mine told me a story that when he was in Japan, that something like he was. This is like I said, a real short story. He got into a rental car, and he looked up, and right behind him, because he was and he was up in a mountainous area too, and he looked and he saw this hag-looking woman with these fangs reaching over like his neck. Like she was going to bite him. And uh, so he freaked out and he was like, oh my gosh. And he jumped out of the car. And then later on when he went to the hotel, he had like the image of this woman standing at the foot of his bed. Like when he woke up, it was like a dream, but he said he saw it for a split second. And so he talked to some of the people that he was with there doing business. And they told him that, that in that area where he was at, was the the area of the Yamauba, which was a was a mountain witch that could that was supposedly had lived in that area, and that she had died, and that sometimes people around that small town would see that creature, and and it would like appear, especially to foreigners, and so yeah, that that was a, a weird story that I was given to. Now he's an American, but um, um, well, he's originally Belgian, but you know he's he's from America now. I mean, but uh, yeah, he was from the West, and they told him that story. And uh, now here's another one. I got another story. This one was told to me by the same person that told the the, the Kitsune story. This one was about a friend of hers. This didn't happen to her, but it happened to a friend of hers. And she said that very similar, very similar situation. Um, her brother fell in love with this woman. 
and nobody in the family liked her because she was rude. She was obnoxious. And she was, uh, for lack of a better term, she was a skank. <laughs> she, she was a, uh, a, a philandering, what do you call it? A, um, adulteress, uh, on more than one occasion, they saw her, um, what are the words cavorting around town? How would you say it? Like running around town with, uh, being a bad person, being, yeah, being a bad person with other men and they would confront her and then she would go back and, and tell her husband, Oh, they're lying that. And she said that when she would move, it was like, she undulated like a snake, you know, like, like just like literally had the movements of this like serpent, like a snake. And she would just be like, you know, Oh, they're lying. They're lying. Don't believe them. She said, I would never do that. You know? And he said that she, that her brother was like under a spell. Like he could not, you know, they could not get him to see this woman for what she really was. And she, that she was a villain, you know, she was evil. And so finally it culminated in them deciding that, you know, they were going to, uh, figure out what was the deal with this woman. Like, was there something evil about her? Uh, now they had a cousin that, that could actually see your eye and they could, they, they could see the, your eye if they were of a deceased person or if they were demonic. And so they brought this person in, they flew him from, from the far South of Japan, uh, up to where they were staying at. And so, and, and this was in Osaka, this was in Osaka and they brought him to, to, to Osaka and they, and they told him, told him to, to, to meet this person, you know? And so they went into the house. She wasn't there. But the first thing he noticed, he says, there are no mirrors. There's no mirrors in this house. He's like, you know, uh, I think that's odd, you know, and they, and they literally had to go over there when she wasn't there. And, and when the brother wasn't there, they kind of had to, well, I guess kind of had to just break in. With I mean, themselves, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what they had to do. Because they were never allowed to like leave the living area. It was like they were being, you know, forced to stay and, and they, and they figured it out. There was no mirrors in this house. And so they confronted the brother. And they said, why are there no mirrors in the house? He's like, oh, well, she doesn't like them. She doesn't like mirrors. She's not, you know, it, it's, it bothers her, you know. She, she thinks she's ugly, you know. And they're just like, this guy is so brainwashed by this woman, you know. <clears throat> and they're like, do you not think that that's odd? And he's just like, no, you know, she just tells me. And I have to tell her all the time how beautiful she is because she doesn't believe it. And it hurts her feelings that y'all go around lying about her saying, you know, this and that, whatever. So the, the, uh, the brother, the, or the, the brother was all in love with her. So their cousin told his sister, he says, there's, there's something you can do to try to figure this out. Okay. He said, you, a mirror will expose her true nature. Okay. If she, if there's something weird about her, but I need to make sure. So what he did was he, he went into the backyard one day when she was in, and if he saw, he could see these things, you know what I mean? Like he had the eye, you know? So he, he went into the backyard and he snuck up and he looked through the window and while she was brushing her hair, he said that she turned and when he saw the side of her face, it looked like weird, like it was demonic. And he said he only caught a quick glimpse of it and he thought, oh my gosh. And it, it freaked him out so bad that he took off and told him, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not <laughs> dealing with this. This woman is demonic. She's a, she's a demon. She's a she's a basically a female oni, and to get away from her, you know, and so he took off and went back to where he came from. I and mean, he was living in, uh, I believe, Okinawa. So he went back to Okinawa and left them there to just uh, to deal with it. <laughs> they were like, okay, 
So uh, he did give her some advice, though. He called when he got back home, and he said, what you can do is trick her. Now, this is what they did. They, uh, When it was her birthday, they threw her an impromptu surprise birthday party. So she comes home, probably from being with other men, and they said, oh, surprise, we have a birthday for you. Oh, come and sit down. You know, oh, here, open this gift. Oh, look, it's a kimono, blah, 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 whatever. Open this gift. It's makeup, whatever. And then the sister says, I have a gift for you. And she says, look, open, open, open my gift. And when she opens it, she unwraps the paper. It's a, it's a handheld mirror. And the sister holds it up and, and you know, and, show, and put points it at her face. And she looked at the, at the mirror and they could see the people that were sitting next to her looked at her into the mirror and they both screamed and jumped up from either side of her. And she took the mirror and threw it and broke it. And they were like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know. And so she got up. She freaked out. And before everyone's eyes began to her skin began to, like, fall off like this really happened. They said this happened like back in the 70s. And she said that her skin, her skin began to come off of her and she ran outside the house and was gone. And they never saw her again, ever. Now, the sister held the mirror up and turned to look into the mirror and didn't get a good look at it. But the two people on either side of her told her that it looked she looked like a lizard or like a snake. And that, that, and that literally her tongue was forked and she had serpentine eyes and it looked evil, like demonic, like reptilian. Okay. And that is why the, she did not have the mirrors in the house. And that's the story that was told to her, you know, because the, the mirrors reflected her true nature. And that is called, uh, this is a hard one to pronounce too. I mean, not, it's an Ona. It's called an Ona, but it's called a Nori Ona. Or yeah, or Nore Ona. Anyways, that's how you say it. And uh, she, she told me the pronunciation, and it's been a while, several months since, since I talked to her. But uh, I believe that was called an Ona. And the, and the, the correct term is a Nure Ona. And so this is another uh, demonic entity or whatever that was um, in, in Japan, the, the story that I got. And I'm going to do another one. There's another one. This one was given to me by a, a friend – uh, uh, from of mine on Facebook that, that, that knew a guy that knew, knows that we do security. And he says, I got a guy and this was way back. And this was one of the first uh, stories I got from one of my listeners that got me thinking, maybe I should do a store, a show about Japanese folklore since I had a few stories already. Um, and this happened in a museum and, uh, this will be, uh, our last story. Um, I had a couple more even, but I, I could keep going, but I'm going to try and keep it under, you know, about an hour and a half here. And so this this happened in a museum, and it was this. All I can tell you is it was a history museum, and it was in a major city in in Japan. I can't tell you because they don't. The guy still works there part time, and doesn't want um, doesn't want people knowing about you know. So I didn't want to mess up with his job. I get it. Even you know, even though you're only there part time, whatever. Uh, so this story was given to me. It was a listener, and he said, "Hey, you got to hear this guy's story." So this guy tells me he's working in a, in a museum, and. They got a piece of history that had been on been to a, like a little tour, like three cities or whatever. And what it was was the armor of I don't know if anybody's heard of Nobunaga. You know who Nobunaga is? Yeah, ruler or not really a 
I guess it's hard to say at the time, but basically just one of his, uh, a clan leader that was trying to unify Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he got really close. He, I think he unified half, like, of, half of it yeah, before he was died. And he defeated several shoguns and he yeah. united. He became a, a pretty powerful shogun himself. And so, and, and so he, uh, this person was like one of his right hand people, like his lieutenants or whatever. And it was, it was discovered and they had a piece of armor and so th- there were pieces of the armor, and including part of the face mask, that was in a museum. This was what was told to me. And that, that it had done a little, like that people had gone to look at it or whatever. And so it was in their museum for a little while. And he said that after the first day, the, the, the night, he was off the first night that it was there. And, the, and there was a night guard, and he told him, he said, there's something weird, man. I've been hearing noises and stuff, you know. And he said the place was already haunted. He's, he's not going to say that it, there was already stuff going on there because it was obviously a museum. And that there was some weird stuff that would happen, but nothing like this. And he said that that as that as the armor was there at at the museum, um, <clears throat> and that this was an armor that was worn by someone who was killed in battle. And he said that the face mask, you know, was was even kind of uh, messed up a little bit. And uh, he said that at this museum, um, he was told, you know, to keep an eye on certain, you know, displays and pieces or whatever. So he had to go by like twice an hour to to make sure that this was, you know, it was because they're real meticulous. And he said that he would look at it and sometimes he would look at it and go, did that thing change color? Like it would be like a weird uh, blue, part of it was blue and red and then it would be like the opposite. And he was like, I know in my mind's, you know, I'm not going crazy here, you know. And so he would be walking by and then sometimes he said that it would move. Like he saw it kind of shake. Like one time he looked right at it and it shook and then it stopped. And he was like, (laughs) you know, like, did that just move? You know, like, and so he said, he's not, he's not going to lie. He said that he got tired one night and he was in the break room and he ate his lunch and then he started to doze off. And he said that he heard a slap on the table and he woke up and he looked and there was this samurai. You know, from like the 1500s, you know, standing there in his armor and he was screaming at him, you know, wake up, you fool, wake up, you fool. That's what he was telling him. And he opened his eyes and it was gone. And he thought, whoa, was that a dream or, you know, whatever. And I know how that is because I've worked in a building that was really haunted and I would go to sleep and wake up like because it would you just be sitting there perfectly uh, awake and then you feel sleepy because these spirits will drain you, you know. And then you wake up with, and you don't know if it's a dream or if it's real, you know? So I, I can understand, you know? And so he, it freaked him out. So when it was his day off, you know, he decided to go and just, you know, go to the arcade or whatever and, and just blow off steam and just stay out and do stuff. And so he went home, he was really tired <clears throat> and he figured, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get a good sleep and I'm going to go go back to work and I'll be fine. And so he said that uh, in the middle of the afternoon, which would have been around the time he wakes up because he works a night shift, Tony, you know about that. Mm -hmm. He said that this thing, something had grabbed him by his feet. And when he woke up, he saw what looked like a, a man wearing like, you know, how I forgot what they're called. The, um, the, the, not the armor, but the, the cloth that goes underneath the armor. Yeah. Um, I forgot what that, what, what he, what he called it. I could read it, I can't, but I have but anyway, he said that he was wearing that, hmm. like the, the, the Man, suit. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just like the, the robe suit itself. And, and yeah. the, and the, uh, like, like it looks like a gi. I forgot what it's called though. But anyway, he saw him wearing that and he was like, oh my gosh. And then he says, this guy backs up and pulls out a sword and he's like, this guy is attacking me in a samurai, you know, costume with a sword in my bedroom. 
And he said that he didn't do anything. He just threw the pillow at it and the sword like went right through the pillow. Okay. Sharp and, sword. And, and well, <laughs> and then, and then it was gone and he thought, you know, he goes, I know I wasn't imagining that that thing was right there in my, my, my bedroom. So then he felt like something had, had attached itself to him from the museum and the sword, like it didn't cut the, 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 the pillow and, you know, cotton or feathers go over or nothing like that dramatic. It just, it's like he threw the pillow, the sword, it went through the sword and the guy and hit the wall. Basically, oh, okay. yeah. so it went through him like that. Yeah, right? it wasn't like you know, and and so the sword wasn't wasn't real. It was like ethereal, and he was just like, "What did I just see? Like, what what was that? Like, I just saw something, and it was weird, you know." So, anyways, you know that happened, and he was like, "There, there, there's there's something going on here." So he's going to work. He's becoming more tired all the time. He's exhausted, and he's starting to think he's going crazy and then one day he literally was walking down the hallway and he he came around the corner and the armor was gone it was gone it was not in the display it was completely gone he was like oh my gosh somebody managed to steal this armor how is this even possible and then he said he turned around and there was this guy dressed in the armor but it was the full armor it wasn't like the pieces or whatever it was in full you wasn't know, damaged. Yeah, it wasn't damaged or anything, and it had the the kind of Oni face mask. And he said that he was staring at it, and he could he could even see it. Like, like he said he was looking, like he could see kind of through it, but it was also making like a reflection on the floor. And he was like, "Oh my gosh, like it's there, it's really there." So he was like looking down at the ground, and he said that this thing or whatever it was had a small had one of the one of the smaller swords. I believe they're the what is it the the Tanto the Tanto hmm. the Waka there's a Wakasashi right yeah, and the Wakasashi Tanto, and the Tanto. Tanto yeah and then there is a uh, katana right the the Wakasashi katana and then mm-hmm. the Tanto right yeah and he said he had one of the smaller swords in his hand and he said it, he motioned it toward him and he fell backwards and he hit the display uh, but the display was was bolted was mounted you know and he he hurt his back and then he rolled and he said that this thing was just stomping toward him. And he started screaming and begging, you know, for help or whatever. And and he said that he opened his eyes and it was gone. And then he looked up and in the case, the armor was there. So he quit. He was just like, I'm not going to deal with this. He quit. So then he said that one of his friends that worked there, one of the guards that said the same thing, he was getting in his car uh, one night and he looked in the rearview mirror and he saw that mask of this, this angry samurai mask and it leaned forward and he jumped and hit the steering wheel and he jumped out of his car and he was like, what was that? And so then he said that after that, that he, he felt like the thing had followed him home. So he quit. So then when the armor moved, they, they took it out because it was only for a temporary thing. And then they put it away or whatever. Uh, the guard that there, there were three guards or the other guy that was their friend or whatever said everything calmed down. So those two came back to work and there were no more problems, but apparently that armor was possessed. I mean, I mean, oh, for, oh yeah. Know. I mean, it's a definite, right? I mean, you don't just start seeing Japanese stuff and start assuming it's your kitchen couch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Was there any reason why he thought maybe that armor possessed him, or like not possessed him? Uh, you but know, maybe I don't know. I just mean, stayed with him. 
I know that in Japan, Nobunaga is looked at two ways. One is that he was an evil guy. Or the other is that he's a legend. A legend hero, you know, yeah, depending like, on who you are. Which side you're on, basically. Which, yeah. and, and so he was considered like, and he and his, his warriors were known to wear the Oni face masks or whatever, you know, that inspired terror. And so you got to look at like, I mean, like wh- who, you know, I, I got another real quick story. This is a real short one, and, I, and I'll wrap it up with this one. I have a buddy of mine um, who got a, a Japanese. Now, I have a set of Japanese swords, actually. Tony, you know, I have them. They're directly yeah, from they're Japan. Right. Yeah. They're stamped Japanese. I got them from a friend of mine, actually, that we had talked about earlier, actually. You know, th- there's this there's this sword that this guy got. Now, this guy originally is from Finland. You know, he's his his parents came to the United States when he was a child, from Fink, from Finland, he lived right outside of Helsinki, and uh, I'm, I, me and my brother knew this guy, and he lived out in the hill country, and we went out there, and he collected historical artifacts, and he had a Japanese uh, sword on his wall, and buddy of mine was with me, and he was like, "Can I touch it?" He goes, "Yeah, you can, but I would recommend not doing it." He's like, "There's something attached to that thing," and he goes, "And if people touch it, sometimes they'll have a bad dream or a night." My friend's like, "Okay, yeah, right." Uh, my friend's deceased. You don't know who he is, Tony, but I know you've heard of him. So anyways, my buddy touches it, grabs it, plays with it, messes with it. And the next night, not that night, you know, when we went back home, but the next night he calls me up and he says, dude, you're not going to believe this, dude. I, I I had this crazy dream. I couldn't sleep all night because I kept hearing noises like something was moving out of my bathroom. He said, so then the next, the, that, that by that morning I was exhausted. I fell asleep, you know, and he said, I wake up. And there's like this, he, what he called like like a blank, like a, 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 a like a person with a blank face, okay, with like no face, and it just and he had like one of those haircuts like you see from the Edo period of Japan, mm-hmm. like the or the, bald on top, yeah, yeah, has like a little top knot, yeah, and they yeah. had the top knot, yeah, the Edo, and so he said that he goes, there's this Edo looking figure with no face, and this sword is like hovering. I don't see any arms. He's like, but the sword is like hovering over me and it's pointing down toward my chest like it's going to stab me. And he says, I wake up and I, and I, in the dream, I went to grab, like I clapped my hands and I went to grab it and I woke up. He says, but the weird thing is I have a cut on my hand and he did have a cut on his hand. Huh. And I was like, well, okay. I think I could figure out maybe I have like a couple theories on maybe how that could be possible. Cause I know that, you know, swords take some like it's it's a weapon it's a it's meant for killing so if it was a legitimate like actual ancient something that i could see maybe that it was used somehow and that's something attached to it and i think if enough negative energies just you know are attached to an object then it definitely can probably just like it, it probably wasn't even like a uh a spirit that attacked him or maybe even just the energy maybe yeah, the energy just connected with our just like since he was you know playing around with it and using it mm-hmm. he it probably just a bit of it just stayed with him and it just affected him my way and it makes me wonder because like i know that i've always believed blood and emotions saturate the environment mm-hmm. but but they could also envelop an object Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I like to say guns are way better. You don't have to worry about ghost guns. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Well, I mean. No, that's not true. Well, I, I got a couple I mean, stories about ghost weapons, I guess if you get some blood too. on the gun, yeah. but I'm saying if you shoot someone far enough away, probably don't have to worry about anything getting attached <laughs> to that gun. Yeah. Well, well, 
So that was a crazy story, and uh, I didn't touch the sword, and my brother didn't either. We were actually like, "Now nah, we're good." We, you know, we didn't bother. My, my brother, but I think my brother was too busy drinking to even notice what was going on. But yeah, I, I was like, "That doesn't sound like Dita." No, nah, he, he would he would have touched it, but I think he was drinking or whatever was preoccupied. But definitely, my buddy grabbed it, and he was like, "Dude!" And 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 it was crazy because his wife was out of town; she was like in Colorado or something. And I remember him telling me. You know, like the next day he was like telling me, hey, man, why don't you come by and hang out? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, and he was like, you know, telling me, yeah, well, you know, just come hang out, whatever, you know, and he invited a couple of us to come over and drink with him. And I was like, he was real adamant about us coming over at night, you know, and hanging out. And I was like, what's wrong, dude? You're acting weird. Because, you know, he's usually he was like, you know, when he would have the house to himself, he would just, you know, have a day or two of just relaxing because he's always he's always had the kids and his his, his wife, you know, and everybody. Mm-hmm. And he'd always been a day or two, and then he would call and say, "Hey, what's up?" And instead, he was like real adamant. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's weird because like the, the couple of days ago, you were handling a cursed object, and <laughs> now you're." So I asked him point blank. I was like, "Hey, dude, did something happen?" You know, and he goes, "Well, because you know, I don't really believe in ghosts, or whatever." I was like, "Well, you know, it doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not." I know? mean, they're gonna be there. If they're gonna believe- be there regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so just because you don't believe in the sun doesn't mean it's not shining anymore. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it it doesn't mean the sun doesn't rotate around our flat Earth. I'm just kidding, folks. Don't start sending me emails and stuff. My gosh. So I, I looked up a couple of things because I wasn't sure about it. One of them was a the Fox stuff uh, from the beginning that we were mentioning. I was wrong, and uh, they're not like I said before that they're not all evil. But there's like a actual. When I looked it up, there was actually a specific. There's two different types, and they're very adamant. Like there's two different types. There's one that follows the Fox God that they're good. Like the Nari is the fox god, and they 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 uh, I, I guess they either listen to it or they follow it, and they're usually either helpful or just you know they ignore you. And the other one, I think they, uh, it was like pronounced Yako. It's Y A K O. Those are the bad ones. Those are the ones that you have to watch out for. They'll actively trick you, deceive you. You know, cause Yako. mischief. Yeah. So that's that's the. There's two different types of kitsune. Yeah. Uh, well, no, kitsune is the good type. I think I, th- yeah. I think that's what they said. Oh, no, no, no. I, th- no, I think no, 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 no. Yeah, Kitsune is the whole thing. I think there's two different types. Yeah, the ki- the Kitsune is yeah. the, sh- the fox shapeshifter itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then there's two different types of subcategories mm-hmm. between the two. But yeah, the Yakos I think are the evil ones. Yeah, I didn't get a a uh, I didn't get that word. <laughs> Nobody told me that. It was just Kitsune. Yeah, I mean, well, I just looked it up right now. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, Google might be wrong. Well, I think it depends on the region where you're from too. Like in yeah. Mexico, you could be in different parts of Mexico and. And kukui means two different things. Uh-huh. You know, just like the kitsune can mean something completely evil. And then in other regions, they can be like, no, it's the yako and whatever. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I thought I'd clear it up because, you know, I, I didn't want to. They, they can be males. It's not like a like 100% thing that they're all females. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, they, can, they can be just pretty males too that will entrap females. So they're not a bias. Pretty males? Yeah. They, they they use I don't know how to describe they they use, use their, their masculine looks. wiles to no they use their looks they cause mischief that way so mischief mischief <laughs> okay mischief all right well folks you know what uh, we spell chief okay mischief yeah whatever you want, whatever whatever helps you sleep at night dude. hey man I'm from uh, I'm not. American, like oh, okay. okay. Oh my god! I have like, all this foreign English bl- is my first language. I have all this foreign blood in me. So what do you expect? So you I can't mean? you can't speak English correctly. English is your first language, but whatever. Dude. It wasn't actually. 
No, I, you know what? You're right. Because when I was little bitty, yeah, it's Spanish I, I, was yours. I, I would speak Vietnamese Spanish. I would go yeah. around saying Spanish words, and then they kind of said, "Well, no, you know." And so I, and and I, I, my dad was real adamant about me learning Spanish, but my mom didn't really push it on me. I kind of had to pick it up on my own. And mm. and my mom was 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 is Mexican. You know, it's weird. But uh, yeah, I, I keep telling you, you 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 might want to just learn fluently. You know, your, as many languages as you can. I mean, and start with your Vietnamese and just. You're, I mean, you're I would good. like to, but it's not like I don't know. It seems like it's very hard to just do it on my own. You know, I wish you know, there was a device that I could just plug into and it would tell me what to do. Maybe if they should call it something, you know, that stone that they use that the, to translate all that stuff. Rosetta stone. That's perfect. Why don't they just create a device? You know, and have it kind of like that. Because didn't they use that to translate a bunch of different languages? Uh-huh. So, so they don't have one like that they can translate. It's called I've a computer. Ne- I've I mean, never heard you, of that. You, uh, well, okay, all right, yeah. Well, all this foreign technology. Oh my gosh! Leave us and the savages alone. Yeah. Right? Well. Anyway, it's been a great show. I think we've had we've covered quite a bit. I think we've kind of gone a bit overboard on the time, but uh, listen. Well. I mean, it's not like we really care. It was an hour and 41 minutes. I mean, you know, I mean, you guys, I wanted to do a Japanese uh, show about, and we've been talking about it. I wanted to remind everyone, too, don't forget, we're still going to be doing uh, some other shows that are going to be coming up. We got a lot of cool stuff and, and you know, and getting ready to, to come at you. I think we finally, like, you know, we're, it's been one year. We're finally just like, you know, it's, it's, it's like less of us getting into the groove and more of us just being like, okay, let's get it over with. Cause we know how it is now. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, uh, in the beginning it was very tense and even it was very just like bumpy. I think now we got to figure it out. We just, we just got to roll with it. It I, flows. It flows. Yeah. I'm, because I'm and in this that. show, I did a lot of research and did the names as best I could because some of it was written out and I couldn't, you know, and so I had to uh, just sorry about the pronunciations. I know a couple of my friends that, that are that if they're if they're listening, they're probably going rolling their eyes, going like, "Oh my gosh, dude!" <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of them there. They're like, "You're not getting this." I'm like, "I'm trying, okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to do this." So you know, I'm good at reading the stuff, but not necessarily like when I'm trying to repronunciate, you know. And so, and even when somebody was telling me to say it like this, it's kind of like I had so much coming at me, so. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, def- it's definitely difficult. What's great about Japan is that we've literally covered probably like the very tip of the yokai. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely all different kinds, and it, it, it's a subject that just goes into its own that you could just get lost into. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you're interested in it, it's definitely something that you should check out because I always, it's always hold a special heart uh, place in my heart because I've always loved them. Yeah. I remember when I was young, you got me this book about a vampires or something like that i got you a japanese mythology book yeah you, you got me that one too but what first got me into it was this little vampire book and one in one of them was a yokai that uh splits its head it's a Ugh. it's a female very beautiful mm. female that literally detaches herself from the head and flies around like a vampire oh yes you know i know one? what you're talking about yeah, yes that one that one was the first i one remember that you asking me, me about it, that you know? yes you did actually ask me about that I believe there's a video on Castlevania. There's one where they the head this thing throws its head, and I was thinking that's kind of what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, because the Japanese uh, folklore. Here, here's an interesting thing, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. The kappa. One of the things about the kappa is supposedly that the top of their head is shaped like a bowl, mm-hmm. and it, it holds water from whatever source that they get their power from. In that case, the koi pond. But no, no, nobody reported to me that there was. 
you know, a bowl of water on the top of their head or anything like that. But that's the legend. And that if it comes out of the water and it walks around too close to land, you can trick it into pouring the water out from its top of its head because supposedly they're not very smart. And so once you trick them, they'll lose their power and they can't do anything. They just become like a, a, an impotent creature that's just there. They can't do anything. They have no superhuman strength or anything. They're just a little whatever. And they have to they have to run back to the water. Hmm. So supposedly that's how you defeat them. Now in some legends, that's actually how you kill them. But in other legends, it just takes away their supernatural ability. And so there's like this little bowl on the top of their head. So if you're so ever- So you just trip them? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, because uh, supposedly it has to tilt its head completely over. Oh, so a, you just drop a penny down and be like, can you pick that up? <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to be able to tell them, like, I, I don't know exactly how that works, but I was told that you have to trick them. And this yeah, I mean, friend of mine from Hawaii that's actually Japanese, but he told me that you have to do that. That's pretty cool that there's you know, a clever way to actually. Well, there, there's supposedly like a, a clever way to stop all these different demons and creatures. Oh, right. you know? Yeah. So. Uh, I, but you just like like with lep the oh, leprechauns. Yeah, like you remember the uh, vampire thing I just mentioned. Like to f to kill her, you just have to find her body when her head's gone. I think so. Like yeah, that's how you get rid of that creature. Mm. So that that's pretty crazy that that they all have their own. Yeah, that is crazy. So like I mean I don't know. Well, I, because her head's the dangerous part. So if you just find her headless corpse, basically well, you could basically just kill her and not worry about her attacking back. So with the Nure the Nure Ona. The oh. Nuriona, the the snake woman, whatever. Because mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't even know. Is that is that? I wonder if that's how you defeat it by because it, if it sees its own reflection, it has maybe. To flee or I something. mean, there's definitely other creatures that have that same similar weakness. Mm -hmm. You know, Medusa, uh, Basculus. Oh yeah, they can't. Well, that they turn to stone. Yeah, but either they can way, turn themselves it, to stone. Yeah, it's yeah. a weakness. You know, to to see their own. Reflection. Yeah, I think yeah. Medusa's because like she just is so hideous. Now. She's so hideous. And yeah. she was like, wasn't she like beautiful, like insanely beautiful? And then some bad happened to her. I yeah, really I mean, mention that, but uh, well, well, the thing, the thing about Medusa though is because she, uh, she was a gorgon. She became a gorgon. There was already gorgons. There were women. That's what people oh, yeah, don't realize. People, yeah, yeah, they, with, they, with they, snake heads. They yeah, had that, that was heads the thing. But that, that we call gorgons, and yeah. they turned Medusa was just the most. She became the most inf infamous one, you know. Mm -hmm. To me, they're all Nephilim, but she became like a, the 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 most uh, I think it's just memorable one because she it was uh, Aphrodite she, was was she yeah. was I think she turned her into it. Yeah, I, wasn't she killed by one of the A here? Perseus. Per oh, was it Perseus? Perseus, yeah. Mm -hmm. Perseus killed him, killed her, uh, and and then he used the head to stop the yeah. uh, the Kraken. Oh, well, cool. Uh, so, another great like subject that we could get into Greek mythology well, and, and that's going to be do we're going to do that too folks we got some legends I, actually I got some stories from Greece and I got some stories out of some other interesting countries that we're going to do uh, some legends and stuff that correspond to that Philippines I got some a couple stories uh, I mentioned the Oswang or Aswang on one of the uh, groups and me and Michael Moran were talking about it and then somebody started giving us stories, and we got a couple of them out of the Philippines. So we got that coming up, and then uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so we got some stuff in, in in the works there, folks, and we got some good Dogman material that's going to be coming up. So so stay tuned for that. Yes, the Hernandez Ranch update is coming out soon. We're we're working on building up to a pretty big hundredth episode. We're going to have a pretty long show for that. So we got a lot of things in the works, folks. If anybody has any short like 10, 15, maybe 20 minute stories you want to give that I can throw, I can have you on the show for, for a little short story. 
um, to record, to put on the hundredth episode. We're looking for that. So we're going to have a bunch of different people telling their stories. We say this every time, but if you guys have any more Japanese stories, like you can already tell probably from this episode, our passion. And I mean, we really, I definitely, uh, really enjoy it. So, uh, I, I would definitely love to read some, you know, I mean, like I said, Absolutely. we definitely just touched the tip. Anytime we, we, we do a subject, we get bombarded with more stories about it. Or if, if I announce that we're going to do a show about something, we get bombarded with it. And somebody said the other day, they can't believe we only have like, what, 11,400 subscribers or whatever now. We have 11,000 subscribers? I thought we were like six. Oh my gosh. But they, but they said that, you know, and I'll tell you what it is, is a lot of people listen on other platforms. So if you do listen on other platforms, just remember, go like and subscribe. Uh, because that's that actually, you know, we actually get paid, you know, by YouTube too. And we've tried to cut down on the ads, which does cut into our revenue, which is fine with me because I, I'd rather, I care more about the stories being getting out to you yeah, guys. It breaks up the flow. And I think that's very important. I mean, we, yeah, we don't we, want to do that. We don't want to, you know, and me and Tony and Anthony were real adamant about keeping it, you know, keeping it without the ads. And, and so we were, we were just determined to do that. And we want to keep everybody being able to listen. But, you know, if you're listening to us on other platforms, we do would appreciate if you would go and at least like and subscribe the videos and, and like our, our stuff on YouTube and, and subscribe. We will probably be picking up some sponsors, so it may not be as important to have ads on there. I mean, you know, but yeah, because mean, we're going to be uh, probably, you know, doing our quick sponsor thing, whatever. I think that would be better if we could be able to control it and just have like, you know, have it at a certain point and then have the rest of the show be completely unbreak. Unbroken. Yeah, it, it, that would be, you know, ideal. But I mean, like, you know, if, if we have to constantly monitor the ad situation or it'll go, you know. Oh, it went insane. I mean, I, I remember. It was like 16 got, of them or something. Yeah, yeah you guys went out of town and I had to do the upload and, uh, you know, I uploaded it and I looked at the ad count and it was like every three minutes, the whole bar wasn't even red. It was yellow. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. It was, I didn't, I had no idea <laughs> what the heck was going on. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, this yeah. has uh, been a great show. I had a lot of fun. You know, I enjoy talking about uh, Japan especially. So, yeah, me too. And so, folks, uh, that's all we have for tonight. And if you are in Japan, if you're traveling overseas to Japan, Make sure you don't bring back any Oni or Yokai or Yurai, okay? We don't, we, don't, we don't need those over here, too, with all the ghosts and ghouls and dogmen we have running around over here. All right? So <laughs> that's all we have for tonight. Thanks, folks. Thanks.